What's up, everyone? How you doing? This is Med with shots from the sideline coming from the man cave in Bluffton, South Carolina. Hanging with my boy, Seth. What is up, bro? What's going on, Med? Great to be back. Great to be back. Another beautiful day here another, in Bluffton. Another beautifully hot day here yeah. in Bluffton, South Carolina. Record setting again. Uh, today, we got actually a pretty decent show for you. Uh, we're going to be talking in the leadoff about Saquon Barkley and running backs issue. Uh, Colorado has a surprise announcement. Uh, also, some major contracts and players getting paid this uh, in both basketball and football. A lot of news this week. A lot of news out. actually happened and everything. Yeah, finally. <laughs> I mean, it's finally going down. And guess what? We're only one month away. From football, crazy training camp just started this week, right? Mm-hmm. And the first major pl- game, and I looked this up, was uh, Navy against Notre Dame, and I was like, eh. I'll still watch it. Uh, still, yeah, <laughs> it's football. Uh, f- as far as the six pack goes, we got uh, a look at the NFC Central today, and Seth's got a little bit of takes on the SEC West transfers. But first, a little bit of a tougher subject to really cover is that recently there has been some. Uh, a couple strings of uh, cardiac arrest going on. Bronny, of course, went down during a practice at USC uh, Southern Cal. And uh, 18 years old, it's kind of crazy to actually think that an 18-year-old had cardiac arrest. But we also had Damar Hamlin last year have his episode on national TV during the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals. And it's kind of raising up a, a kind of a... a it's really bringing up some concerns on how hard people push athletes nowadays. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that was terrifying watching Hamlin go down last season. I mean, really, you didn't even know if he was going to make it mm-hmm. uh, that night. But, you know, Bronny, luckily, he was kind of in and out of the hospital, you know, so it wasn't too serious. But anytime you talk about cardiac arrest, it's obviously serious. But like you're saying, these guys play year-round nowadays. You know, there's like there is no offseason if you're not playing your exactly. conditioning your weight training, you know, so I definitely think there's a tie in there, but, uh, you know, obviously they went through a stretch back in the, um, seems like nineties, early two thousands, you know, where a lot of NFL players, offensive linemen were mm-hmm. having these heart conditions that were undetected and, you know, just guys would just drop out and practice. And, and, I, and like the first one I ever really, really think about is when, uh, Corey Stringer, what the all pro, uh, yeah, Corey tackle Stringer, yeah, definitely. for, uh, the Vikings back in the day, it has now been 21, 22 years wow. since he passed Tom away. Paws. And not just pros. I mean, college, high school, yeah. happens in high school. It seems like a good bit, you know, yeah. younger kids. So I don't know if maybe it's just, you know, your body's not fully developed yet and you're mm-hmm. pushing it so hard. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's scary for sure. And well, that's one of the things that you always are actually taught whenever you're an athlete is kind of ignore what your body is telling you because mm-hmm. you're always taught, you know, you got to push through it. You know, you're only going to get better if you really push yourself to the limits. And a lot of times, you know, especially in the last couple of cases that we see with Hamlin and Bronny, is sometimes you just push your body too far and you really got to kind of look out for their warning signs and – Really listen to what your body is saying. You know, take a break, drink some water. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's okay, but yeah, it's definitely something you got to pay close attention to. Yeah, definitely. So, moving on to a brighter subject in some people's eyes, uh, Shaquan Barkley, he uh, decided to go ahead and uh, end his one day standoff 
with the franchise tag that Thank he God. got with the Giants <laughs> and signed a, I think, one year, $11 million. Yeah, contract. just bumped it up a little bit. Yeah, just I guess a slight kind of met in the middle a little bit. But yeah, I mean, still not getting what he wants. He's not going to get what he wants, but he's always been a player that really has cared about what his image is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of people really considered him soft because of all the injuries he's had in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, Najee Harris uh, actually opened up a little bit about what happened with the Shaquan Barkley deal. And uh, I'm going to play that for you in a second. And uh, you're looking for disparity of money. I know you guys had a Zoom meeting. What are your thoughts yes. right now, if anything, you guys can do, given the fact well, that I mean, CBA is signed? Yeah. So, I mean, just before I speak on that, I just want to say it has nothing to do with the Steelers, Mr. Omar, Mr. Rooney, or Mike Thomas. Um, I'm just speaking on behalf of running backs in general. Um, you know, obviously, we had we, we had the meeting that, that came out. Uh, the meeting was, was obviously about how. I guess the value they say it is, the right position is, and just how unhappy we are uh, about just the situation how things have been. Um, you know, me personally, I'm 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 upset to see that they even say that because you know they're choosing when to devalue the running back, and what I mean by that is that it's, uh, numerous times. Um, you know, I can speak on my behalf. They ask me alone. You know, this you know the, the game's gonna rely on you. You need to do this for the team. You gotta do this right here. Hey, it's time to close out the game. Hey, we need to, to lean on you right now. And it happens in other, a lot of places, like Cleveland, you could say, Tennessee, you know, and, um, even with the Niners, you know, there's numerous teams where this happens at. Um, there's a lot of times where, you know, the, the running back is, is utilized a lot in the pass protection game, too. You know, that's not a stat that they want to put. Neither is not a stat that they want to say. Um, if we're not running the ball, we're blocking. If we're not blocking, we're running the route. We're always doing something, you know what I mean? Um, only time when they choose to say that it's devalued is when it's time to pay the running back, you know? So they're really choosing when to say to devalue the position. It's not devalued at all. They just don't want to pay a running back. But they just want to pay a running back. Um, so, you know, for us, for, for us to see that, you know, in, in 17 games, they're asking us to do this and this and this. You know, it's not once did we say, you know, I thought the running back don't matter. Though. Why are you asking me to do this? Ask the blah, 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 do this and this, this and that. You know, we don't want to say that. You know, our job is to do that. So, um, you know, we, we, we know that's our job. And, um, you know, we, we run through that. Um, you know, obviously, we're in a position where we don't have that much leverage because our job consists of running the ball. Our job consists of, you know, doing all those things that I stated. So, you know, when it is time to negotiate, they're going to say, well, you don't have that, you don't have that much miles on you. It's just another way to say, like, you know, we don't want to pay you. But really, it's like, no, you, you just, you ask us to do all this because you're the one asking us to get this much carry game to win the game. You're the one asking us to do all this stuff. It's just that, you know, when it's time of, when we want something from you guys, and that's, you know, to compensate our performance, our compensate, you know, what we're doing for the team and our value to the team, then it becomes an issue. You know, that's, that's not right. And Najee actually brings up a lot of good points. I know a lot of people talk about the fact that the NFL has changed so much. And, yes, it is not quite to the – years of back in the 80s and early 90s and you know even times before that where you had a cowbell running back who got you 25 carries Najee Harris is kind of a throwback to those times and he did bring up a lot of points you know when they're not involved in the passing game they usually are behind to actually throw that extra block for mm-hmm. a pass rusher you know if they're not doing that they are out getting routes I mean shit we talked about uh, Shaquan Barkley who this whole deal is all about led his team in receptions last year and right. also still had a hell of a season rushing. What's your thoughts, man? 
Yeah, I mean, it did have a lot of good points, and I agree with you know, where the robots are coming from. You know, unfortunately, right now, there's nothing they can really do about it. True. I mean, uh, Harris is a perfect guy to talk about it. The last two years, you know, 300 carries, you know, he's just taking a beating. And, uh, I mean, the guy, he's, what, two years into his, three years into his career. I mean, Already starting to deal with still injuries. has two more years on that contract. You know, the rookie contracts run about five years, so – Another 300 carries this year, and next year. I mean, the guy's already got so many, so much, you know, tread on the tires. So, you know, I, I definitely sympathize with them. I mean, the running backs, although they're not as important as they used to be, they're still a vital part of the team. Like you're saying, guys like Barkley are just everything to that mm-hmm. team. Um, you know, the recent Super Bowl winners, you haven't really seen a dominant running back on those teams, but there's so many teams like with Chubb, uh, Barkley, Derek Henry's just been carrying that team for how however many years. So I wish they could figure out something with the contracts, you know, maybe decrease the number of years for a rookie contract, you know, maybe three years instead of five to where those guys can cash in at a younger age. And, you know, I could see that. And, you know, the one problem that they really have, it's hard to really give anyone really guaranteed money with a position that you take so much abuse. I mean, I was an offensive lineman, defensive mm-hmm. lineman when I was playing, and I mean, we hit every single play, but the running backs got hit just as much and yeah. at higher impacts. Oh yeah, I mean, the running backs just like are involved every play, and it's take these guys, you know, linebackers blitzing right up the middle, and they got to step up and take that shot. Exactly. You know, just, plow right over them so and normally yeah. they're about 30 40 pounds more right than what the running back right is. and they're still they're the last line of defense before the quarterback so yeah i hope they get something figured out with that because i hate to see this I, i'm so glad barkley signed his deal and hopefully uh, jacobs. jacobs who left camp i think a couple of days ago so hopefully they'll uh meet in the middle too and work something out because the raiders definitely need him i mean that, that team would be hurting without him <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's unfortunate because, like we've talked about before, today's NFL running back position is more built up on a committee as opposed to a cowbell. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's going to definitely depreciate the value of your position. It is basically like a normal job market in today's world. I mean, just look at Dalvin Cook's situation. I mean, who would have thought a year ago that he would just be a free agent right now? Yeah. Just gone. (laughs) And I mean, and there's a couple teams that they've talked about him going to. I mean, the Dolphins were the hot t- team for a mm-hmm. little bit, and so was New England. But I mean, once it just feels you like that, that it's cooled down. As yeah, you don't see a ton of teams fighting for him. No, it's just really weird. But uh, speaking about someone that isn't getting paid to someone that is getting paid, <laughs> Josh Herbert, Justin. Justin, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Justin <laughs> Herbert just signed the richest contract. And NFL history. Cashing in big time. Five years, I think $262 million. Wow. And I mean, you know, whenever you think of the upper echelon of uh, NFL quarterbacks, he's definitely there. I don't oh, think sure. he's the number one. Oh, no, no. I think that's shared by another guy in his same division, Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, still a great move with uh, San Diego. And, you know, one of the things I have to actually ask is, you know, where did they find the money? Uh, I mean, San Diego is definitely backing up the brink truck for the quarterback because Eckler, I think this is his last year. Mm-hmm. So I would expect him to move on. I mean, they're they're going all in with Justin Herbert. He ain't got you past the first round yet. Exactly. But he's an amazing talent. I mean, just looking at his numbers, his first three seasons, you know, just like 
4,300 yards, 5,000 yards, almost 5,000 last year. Uh, his quarterback rating took a little dip last year, but I think a lot of that was injuries to the wide receiver core. Exactly. Uh, you know, basically Eckler was the whole offense other than Herbert. So they got a few receivers they brought in, uh, drafted a guy, Quentin Johnson. Keenan Allen's dog. back. If Keenan Allen can stay healthy, who knows? He's getting up there in age. Mike Williams. So I think this is going to be a big year for Justin Herbert. Now that he's got this contract, they always say, you know, you can take your mind off the money part now and just concentrate on football. He's got to get that team at least back to the playoffs, at the very least. No, and I agree with that. And You're I getting mean, paid this kind of money. Well, I mean, he's going to make sure that his contract is justified. <laughs> it could take on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Justin Herbert. I mean, part of that, I guess, is bias because I've had him two years in fantasy and he did a great mm-hmm. job for me. And then I had him last year. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like. You know, it, it's just crazy. I think he's. I think he. I love Justin. Justin. I mean, I think he's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. You know, after his historic showing, well, his team's historic showing with the largest, second largest comeback in playoff history against Jacksonville Jaguars right. last year. It, it just. You know. I don't know, and I mean, also at the same time, you could say Lamar Jackson with his contract, all that money that was guaranteed. Both players. Completely deserved. Yeah. And I mean, you can, that's another point. The running backs can point to the quarterbacks and say, look at this guy getting $262 million And you got a guy like Nick Chubb, been in the league like five years. His contract, I think, is like $36 million. Yeah, but he's yeah. he's getting $14 million a year, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not chump change, but no. you know, look at what Justin Herbert got. You're like, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So you see how important the quarterback is. I mean, it's yeah. obvious. It's, there's a reason they get paid well. So he's just got to, Earn the money now. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations and, to him. Yeah, congratulations to him, and congratulations to Jalen Brown, oh, God. <laughs> who set an NBA history record. Jeez. God knows. I think if we figured it out, it was like five years over three hundred million or something like that. It comes out to over sixty Insane. million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. I think it gets more every year of the contract. It starts out like fifty something, ends up like close to seventy million a year. Jesus. It's just insane money. I mean, this week, I guess everybody's agents this week were just, you know. Could you imagine the commission? Cashing in. It's oh, my God. unreal. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown's a great player. Uh, nothing against him. I mean. But he's the number two player. Yeah, not even on, the best player on his team. On his team. I mean. I mean, obviously, Boston had to have him back. So, I understand locking him up. But I get it. I don't know if there were other teams that were coming close on this kind of money. It's just, you know, what is Jason Tatum thinking right now? Like, Wow. This guy's Could not you imagine even, what Jason Tatum's going to make? $400 million. I mean, <laughs> What? Just throw just, it out there. Yeah, it's like Monopoly money these days. I mean, just looking at the ratings for the uh, NBA playoffs before the show, they were, I think, the lowest they've been in several years. I can't remember how long, how many years, but just looking back at the last 10 years, you know, it was like $6 million average per game, which I enjoyed them. Uh, it was a great playoffs to me this year, but... It's like, how are these guys, how are these teams coming up with $300 million for a guy that's just second best player on his team? Well, a lot of that has to come through with the TV contracts that they have been signing lately. I mean, the NFL, of course, is going to be the juggernaut as far as that comes. I mean, it's by far the most popular sport in our country. We've talked about that. And NBA is number two. And when you have that kind of power with the rating system and everything in any kind of television deal, you're going to get that money. Yeah, yeah, and you got it for sure. You definitely got it. And I mean, this might be another reason. I mean, I can't really say that's why they release 
Marcus Smart because or traded Marcus Smart because they got Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, and signed him to a decent deal. So, so I mean, it, it's just unreal. Yeah, I think that has to be all the salary cap for the Celtics. So I don't think they have, have anything left, and they're signing maybe minimum contracts or something. Yeah, and I mean, well, there's not going to be many more players on the move as far as the Celtics, though. But breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, there may be a college on the move as Ooh. Colorado Buffaloes are talking to the Big 12 about leaving the Pac-12. Ooh, prime time. Prime time. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Uh, you just told me about that before the show, and that's news to me. But Big 12 making some moves. Yeah. And I mean, they made moves this past season. I mean, they they didn't really get any like eye popping like schools. No, no. I mean, they got Houston, I uh, believe BYU and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, three, three quality teams. Quality teams. Yeah. But you're losing your bell cows, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma. So you know, it, it's kind of, I guess they're they're grabbing. Yeah, grabbing at straws right now, yeah. just trying to salvage the conference at this point because. I mean, I really have enjoyed the Pac-12, the Pac-10 or Pac-12 these days. Pac-12. So I've really enjoyed them the last couple of years. I feel like that conference is getting eleven after this. Yeah, better and better. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're thinking they can win more games in the Big Twelve. I, I think it's partly that, but also I think it uh, all boils down to money. Yeah, it's definitely money, and the fact that you know the Big Twelve, like you just said, they just lost their two most recognizable colleges Mm -hmm. as far as that goes that's going to take a lot of money away from them so they're like hey you know here's a fistful of dollars please come over and play with us and i mean if you look at the geographical aspect of it they do have some rivals that are actually pretty close to them i mean uh, it makes sense yeah uh, kansas state uh can't say West Virginia because that's way the fuck out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, makes no sense. Uh, but like even some Texas schools, I mean, TCU still going to be there. Texas Tech, BU, uh, Baylor. All this realignment just drives me crazy. It's like, why is Nebraska not in that conference? You know, it why are they be. in the Big Ten for crying out loud? Yeah, I mean, it, and Nebraska should be, and they used to be. I believe. Yeah, Nebraska Colorado used to be a pretty good rivalry back yeah. in the nineties. And I mean, leave it to Big 12 as being the diarrhea of college football. They're just all over the place. I mean, I'm looking at it right now UCF, Cincinnati, West Virginia. I mean, there are. It's just a hodgepodge. Yeah, just go ahead and get Rutgers. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. But yeah, I mean, Colorado, I don't think it really makes a huge difference. You know, right now they're just rebuilding. So we'll mm-hmm. see what they do this year. And I'm assuming they're moving in, is it two years or is it next year they're moving? As far as uh, OU and uh, Texas? No, talking about uh, Colorado coming to the Big 12. They're in discussions okay, so right it's now. Not finalized. So they're not finalized, but it, it just kind of leaked out today gotcha. that they're actually doing that. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You got breaking news. Boom. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. We're going to come back with the six-pack, and we'll be discussing the NFC Central and uh, Lions, Bears, and other players. Our favorite team coming exactly. up. Come about? All right, and we are back, and eventually we will have commercials. So there might be a, a time where y'all hear that and y'all like, what the hell is Matt talking about? <laughs> uh, doing a little bit on what we just talked about with Colorado, uh, found out that it actually might be a decision as early as tomorrow. Wow, this really came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it literally I just heard about it today, and boom, here it is. So with that said, we're moving on to my six-pack of the week. Uh, we're going to be featuring the NFC Central. So, Seth, you ready to crack this bad boy open? Let's do it. All right. 
Question number one. The Bears are in year two of their rebuild. They trade away the number one overall pick and got DJ Moore and a handful of other picks. On As far as this year goes, Darnell White was the first one. They really needed that to help keep Justin Fields upright. They also addressed the defense by signing two really good linebackers in TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds and drafting three defensive linemen to fit coach. Here it comes. Eberflues. Wow, I've never known how to pronounce that. <laughs> Tampa to scheme. <laughs> I still don't know how to you know, pronounce it. But anyway, with all the additions, including who I think is going to be a sleeper in fantasy football, Dante Foreman. Ooh. Do you think that the Bears will take that big step forward that everyone expects them to? Man, uh, I, I think they're going to take a step forward. I uh, don't think they're going to take a huge step forward just mainly because of their youth. Uh, you know, they had a great draft and they should have, you know, they had so many early round picks mm-hmm. or picks at the top of the round. Um, I love obviously what they did with the first pick. Uh, Darnell Wright just had an outstanding year at Tennessee last year. You had to get Justin Fields some help on the offensive line. So that's a great pick. Um, obviously getting DJ Moore in the deal as well as the draft picks was a coup. I love that, getting him a number one receiver. You know, last year he didn't really have a true number one guy. He didn't have shit. Yeah, it was it was rough at receiver last year for him. So it also added Nate Davis on the offensive line, a, you know, solid player. Um, I don't, I definitely don't think they took a step back at running back, bringing in Foreman. You still have Herbert. They drafted the rookie, Rashawn Johnson. So I think upgrade there. The main thing with the Bears is everywhere I look, it's upgrades. You know, they a lot of youth, but I love – where this team is trending, they're on the way up. I mean, that division is going to be, I think, neck and neck. You know, other than the Lions, I think the other three teams are really, really close. But, yeah, I, I think not a huge step this year, but I definitely see them. Well, they had three wins last year. Yes. I can see them in, like, the eight and nine range, that kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of season. And, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, of course, I'm a huge Bears fan, and I've been in – dire depression for the last two decades because of it. Uh, Jay Cutler. It's it's been tough. But like you said, I do like what they're doing. Uh, They really needed help as far as their uh, defense goes. They got three decent defensive linemen to actually have that rotation in Mm -hmm. the middle. Uh, That that was a problem, trust me. I was watching it. Uh, Teams were running through us like shit through a goose. (laughs) And you don't see that with the Bears usually. The defenses are usually pretty solid. And I mean... Edmonds, I think if the, if we can't have Roquan Smith, I would like Tremaine Edmonds. I love what they did at linebacker. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, also picking up T.J. Edwards. It, mm-hmm. it looks good at linebacker for sure. And the whole uh, – it just feels like they're really trying to get back to what it felt like when the Bears were like, you know, traditional powers back in the early 80s with the running game and stuff like that. Now, granted, there's no one going to be quite like Walter Payton, but they really invested in that offensive line. Uh, Justin Fields, I think – I know some people are calling him a bust and a lot of people want them to basically trade him away and bring in uh, Bryce Young. But in my opinion, when you already invested two years in a quarterback, you know, why reset the system again? Yeah, I think it would be way too soon. I mean, yeah. after last year, he showed he showed some improvement. Obviously, running the ball, he had a historic year. I think the number two 
season by quarterback for rushing yards, yep. just behind uh, Lamar Jackson. That's so, crazy. I mean, he got worn down at the end of the year, taking a lot of hits. He's got to get more selective, just like Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson, about when he runs, when to take a hit, not to take a hit. You know, he's just – he's not going to be able to do that every year. So, I think adding some good depth at receiver is going to help him this year. He's got to make a big jump, you know, obviously in his accuracy, uh, the mid-range passes, you know, other than the deep balls. So, I mean, this year is – Huge for him, but I don't. I think that was the right call. Definitely yeah. too early to give up on Justin Fields. And I agree with that. And I mean, I'm not a little more. I, I'm not as optimistic about where our win total will be. I think we'll be more around the six, seven, possibly eight range. Um, but you know, I still like what you said. Hopefully, you're right. Hopefully, it is uh, yeah, eight or nine games on the way up for sure. So number two. There are a lot of changes going on in Green Bay right now. Aaron Rodgers is gone after 15 years. They're going to plug in Jordan Love. Can't wait for this. For the first time in what feels like decades, the Packers are not favored to win the fucking division <laughs> and are, are not expected to make the playoffs. Besides Rodgers, they lost also Alan Lazard, Mason Crosby, Adrian Amos, to just name a few, they drafted a highly talented edge rusher in Lucas Van Ness and had a solid but not great draft class. How do you think? It, how long do you think it will be before the Packers get back to the perch that, that they kind of recognized as perennial playoff contenders? I think it's going to be a little while. I mean, I'm talking three, four seasons to get back. Uh, I like some of the pieces that Green Bay still has, but it all depends, obviously, on Jordan Love and what he can do. You haven't seen a whole lot of him, you know, some spot duty filling in for Aaron Rodgers here and there. Uh, had, obviously, a great college career. Just looking at his stats, he had a ton of interceptions his last year, uh, Utah State, and then his rookie year, I think he had, like, three interceptions and in limited duty, so he's got to cut back on the interceptions for sure. Uh, I do like the wide receiver core, uh, even though they a nice lost Lazard. Yeah. I like Watson. I like Dobbs. Drafted Jaden uh, Jalen Reed uh, from Michigan State. Another kind of sneaky good pick. Um, that running back duo. I like uh, Aaron Jones. I AJ like AJ Dillon. Dillon. Kind of yeah. a thunder and lightning kind of combo. Kind of like the War It Done, uh, you know, thing the Falcons had back in the day. TJ Duckett. Yeah. So I like that uh, defensive line. That's kind of a big question mark. You only have Kenny Clark coming back that has. You know, proven quality experience. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, they drafted last year from Georgia. They need him to step up big time because last year only played limited snaps. You know, he didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show a whole lot. Uh, TJ Slayton's another guy on the defensive line. They need to step up. I do like their secondary. Uh, Jair Alexander, Mm -hmm. I think he's one of the best corners in the league. Yes. Uh, I think looking at the PFFs, which I look at a lot, I think he's like, like fourth or fifth, but he had a really good season last year. They did lose, like you're saying, Amos. I think that's a big loss It's in the secondary at safety. They got Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford at safety. Uh, and then they brought in Jonathan Owens uh, from Texas, who had like 125 tackles last year, had a really good season. So I like a lot of the pieces the Packers have, but like the Bears, they're young. And Jordan Love hasn't played you know, enough to have confidence at all in where they're at right now. I mean, in that division, I just don't think – they have what it takes to push for a. I only think one team in this division is going to make the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see a wild card from this division. 
And I agree with that. I mean, it, it you know, if there's going to be a wild card, I, I don't think it's going to be Green Bay at the very least. And, you know, they also, another person they actually picked up in the draft is Luke Musgrave, who is the tight end from, I believe, Oregon State, who was actually rated as like their number one tight end going into the draft last year, but ended up being uh, Dalton Kincaid as first person drafted off. But they did touch up on a couple of uh, defensive linemen in the draft with uh, Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden, which actually I do know who he was. Yeah, I've heard of him. I mean, Ben Ness was a good pick because the Falcons were looking at him a lot, so I read a little bit about him, you know, Iowa player, I, I think. He never started, though. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. He led the team in sacks, but did not start. I mean, they got to have somebody that can get the quarterback. So, you know, maybe we'll have a Hutchinson-type rookie year, you know, non-sacks. I could see it. I mean, but, he has the length for it. But also, like you just said, I mean, it, they're going to be running, uh, leaning heavily on that running back duel with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon yeah. kind of took a step back last year from what a lot of people thought that he was going to kind of ascend a little bit. Even yeah, he did. take the number one start from uh, Jones. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like everything that they've done. I hate to say it like that, but, you know, of course, you know, it all depends on what Jordan Love does. And yeah. Well, he does. One good thing is he, he does have a really solid offensive line. You know, I don't, I don't think it's an elite offensive line, but I think it's a really good offensive line. So at least he has that going for him. You know, Justin Fields saw the other end of that spectrum with a inexperienced, you know, average offensive line. So at least Love has that. Yeah, and I He's mean, got some pieces. Yeah, he does, and like you said, I mean, as far as anything goes, that defense is going to probably need a lot of work because it it did get run through quite a bit, and it's kind of crazy if you really think about it. But you know, Brett Favre kind of did to Aaron Rodgers what Aaron Rodgers did to Jordan Love, and then both Favre and Rodgers end up going to the Jets right afterwards. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's like mirror image of each other. It does seem like it's been since the nineties since one of those two guys wasn't at quarterback exactly. between Rodgers and Favre. So. And, and that's why, like I said, I, it's just been so frustrating as a Bears fan because when you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right, one right after the other, it's just so frustrating. And, unreal. And, you know, I, don't, I, love, I can't think of another time I've seen that. It's just unreal. Yeah. If Jordan Love is number three, you can just <laughs> see me like jump off a bridge or something. <laughs> I don't see it, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So, number three. Minnesota, like Green Bay, is also in a state of change. They released Dalvin Cook and a few defensive starters, uh, Eric Kendricks, Devin Tomlinson, and uh, just named two of them. And Kirk Cousins is entering the final year of his contract. Brian Flores has been brought in to fix the league's 31st-ranked defense after after going 13-4 and last season and shattering expectations that they were given last year. They were upset by an Overachieving giant squad at home. Mm, it's crushing. And were deemed overrated by the media afterwards. Do you think they would be able to repeat last year's success and build on it, or will they regress from the newfound success? Oh, I definitely see them regressing. Yeah, I don't think they added nearly enough compared to what they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was looking at, I guess you know, just how many free agents they lost. And I guess for, you know, part of it was financial reasons, but you know, they lost a lot of Leaders. really you know, con- solid veteran contributors. And some of the ones they still have, you know, like Peter, Patrick Peterson, Harrison mm-hmm. Smith are just getting up there in age. Uh, I mean, obviously you still have Kirk cousins throwing the ball to the best receiver in the game. That isn't going to change. 
mm-hmm. and you bring in uh, Addison, you know, the, the other wide receiver from USC. Yes. So that's a good number two receiver right there. You know, to, replacing Thielen, I don't think Thielen had much left in the tank. So uh, the Dalvin Cook thing, like we talked about, was a big surprise. But Madison has proven that he's a quality backup. You know, I think he's a capable running back. Offensive line, they return everybody, but I'm not sure that's a good thing since they were rated so low last year. They just didn't you know, have one of the better offensive lines out there. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, defensive line, you lose Zadarius Smith, you know, we're one of your best pass rushers. You don't have much production coming back as far as uh, proven defensive linemen. Uh, you have Jordan Hicks coming back at linebacker, so he's solid. You know, drafted a couple secondary guys, Lewisine, Andrew Booth. Uh, Bo- I'm sorry, Booth. They'll have to step in and play immediately in that secondary because they're hurting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely see them regressing. I mean, Cousins, he always puts up numbers. You know, he's not known as the most clutch quarterback, but you know, the, the defense I think just needs too much work. I don't think a new coordinator is going to be able to turn that around in one year. So yeah, I see them taking a step back more to like a. 500 type team. And I I could actually see that too, because I mean, even though Davin cook was on the field, maybe 12 games out of the year, you could tell when he was there. I Mm -hmm. mean, he brought another element to that team. Madison, he's a good running back, but I just, he's not at the same level of talent wise as Dalvin cook. Uh, Never had to carry the load himself. Exactly. Came in, just give him a spell. And he's about to. I mean, and also, like you said, I mean, they lost a lot of veteran leadership. Actually, Pat, Patrick Peterson has actually moved on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Has he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was one of those late cuts towards the end of Jeez. the free agency. And he uh, also, you got Adam Thielen, who's now down in Carolina. Dalvin Cook, of course. You know, Davin Tomlinson, who I think they're really going to miss. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good player. Defensive uh, tackle. But – yeah, no, they lost a lot of players. And, you know, it, like you said, it was uh, Edri- Eric Kendricks was actually a really good outside linebacker. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that was heartbreaking losing the way they did after a kind of surprising 13 4 season. I didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, I didn't no think one they saw were that coming. Yeah, I didn't think they were that good of a team. But to lose that way at home to the Giants, it just had to be gut wrenching for the fans. Uh, so I think they're probably nervous going into the season. You know, it, it, the opportunity is there, but, you know, there's one team that's really standing in their way that's young, talented, and hungry. And uh, so, with that being said, number four. Detroit is the trendy pick to win the division and make the playoffs this year. Dan Campbell has m- helped mold them from a laughing stock of the NFL into a tough, rugged opponent in his image. His defense is improving, and Jared Goff seems to have turned over a new leaf away from the glitz and glamour and the pressure of L.A. However, this is the first time in a century that the Lions are expected to do anything, and I wonder how they will handle that pressure. They also received criticism for reaching for Jamar Gibbs Mm -hmm. and Jack Campbell in the first round when both had second-round grades. They will also have a new backfield with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift departing. Will they meet expectations or will they collapse? I think they will meet expectations this year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing. But in that division, I think they're the class of the division. They were so close last year making the playoffs. So, I mean, this year, like you said, the expectations are there. 
which they're not used to. So it's no excuses. I mean, I love Dan Campbell and I think the pieces are there. They just got to take that next step and it's golden opportunity. The other teams in the division are down. So they, you know, they, they got to do it. But like you're saying with the, uh, the Gibbs and Campbell picks, I mean, yeah, there were slight reaches, but losing the running backs, they lost. They had to have another running back. I mean, they signed Montgomery, which I was kind of lukewarm to. I don't think Montgomery is anything special. Uh, just kind of a mediocre back, uh, you know, did okay for Chicago, but I don't think he's, I don't think they upgraded with Montgomery and Gibbs compared to what they had last year with Swift and Williams. I thought Williams had a really good year. So yeah, I think they took a little step back there. Uh, wide receiver, obviously St. Brown is a stud. I didn't, I didn't see that coming either. The guy's just been unreal his first couple of years. And then you have Jameson Williams. Once he gets back from suspension, I think that'll be a really good combo at receiver. You know, you still have Josh Reynolds, and I think they added Marvin Jones, a couple journeyman-type guys. So, uh, you know, the offensive line stacked. I mean, they got like two, three former first-round picks on the offensive line. Looked great there. And then you have Hutchinson, uh, Houston on the defensive line that really showed out last year. Hutchinson had nine sacks. Secondary is pretty loaded. I mean, they added Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, two really good free agent pickups. You got Alex Lonely and – the first round pick, Jack Campbell at linebacker. So I don't see a lot of weaknesses with this team. I don't know what what you think about the weaknesses of this team, but I think they're just solid everywhere. No, they they definitely gotten solid, you know, and it's it's crazy to say this about the Lions. I mean, it's you know, it's the Lions. You know, and I remember it's when been they so went, long. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they went own sixteen at one point. And, you know, golf uh it, it really hinges on what golf does uh yeah it's been known to be getting consistent so. i mean i love dan campbell i think he'd be a great coach if i had nfl talent i'd run through a brick wall for him yeah he's one of those few coaches you know players coaches that everybody loves mm-hmm. and i mean i like what they did as far you're right i mean they lost both their running backs from last year and Swift and Williams, and they had to go for someone like Gibbs, the home run threat anytime he touches the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense really was getting short up, unfortunately for them. Gardner Johnson got hurt on the first day of practice. Yeah, which they did say his x-rays were negative, so yeah, he'll I think back. he'll be back. Yeah, and I mean, they they just been building so long and it for such a long time. And, you know, for you know Detroit fans typically, like their rival of – my bears. And normally I wouldn't say that, but uh, you know that I'm happy for another team. But if there is another team that really deserves to have a good year, it's the lions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the city needs a good lions team. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't been to Detroit, but I feel like they've had plenty of bad times over the last couple of decades. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, uh, like you're saying, like every team, in this division the quarterback is just the absolute key to the season. I mean, Jerry golf last year had a really solid year. Can he repeat it back-to-back seasons? That's the question. But, and, and it's crazy that you would actually say that because number five. Many experts felt the Bears should have kept the number one pick and got young. They also felt the Lions should have went QB to replace golf eventually, and Love finally will see some time and will be the starter this year as Green Bay finally traded away Rodgers. Do you think any of these moves were the wrong moves? I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to you have to hand the keys to love. You used a high pick on him. 
So you got to hand the keys to him. And Rogers getting up there in age, uh, wanted too much money. You know, it, it's just it's time to move on. Just like they did with Rogers at the end of the Favre era, it's it's time to move on. So I, I think that's the right call there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Fields, I think they made the right call not trading him away. Yeah, it's just uh, you drafted these guys for a reason. You got to give them time, see what they can do. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I don't think they made the wrong call either. Was and I mean also you know as far as the Lions go, I think they actually picked up your boy Hayden Hooker in the yeah. draft. I yeah, mean, I mean. It, Someone had waited in the wings, but Goff also played good enough for another chance to be the starter again this year. I mean, yeah, Hooker coming off the ACL injury, he'll need at least a season to just kind of sit and yeah. watch. Which Goff is still, you know, he's not too old yet, so he, he can have a couple productive years before you hand the keys to Hooker. But yeah, I think they uh, they kind of secured their future at least. You know, Hooker. A lot of people say maybe is a system quarterback, which. You never know. I mean, you look at Drew Locke when he played at Missouri for Heupel and just lit it up and wasn't yeah. a very good quarterback in the pros. So hopefully Hooker will be different. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I mean, you can't really tell uh, about a player until, and they'll tell you this, three, four years after they've been drafted if they'll really make it. You know, uh, just a quick question, even though I didn't put it in here. Uh, do you think that the Minnesota Vikings should have probably went with a quarterback? Uh, yeah, I or you think that they're waiting for this year to see what happens? There's so many guys I think coming out this year that they'll they'll be in a better position. Oh, it's yeah, to pick someone this year. I don't expect them to finish, you know, with uh, better than like a 500 record. So they should have a relatively yeah. high pick. Yeah, but yeah, there's so many quarterbacks coming out this year. Yeah, and you know, it's just I think they're they're kind of just taking a wait and see. Yeah, I mean, Cousins is the least of your problems. I mean, he's yeah. not a championship quarterback or hasn't shown to be, but you know, he's he's still got a good three four years left. No, I agree with that. And it's finally, number six. What's your uh, predictions on the central standings? Well, I think you obviously know the number one team, uh, Detroit Lions. I don't see any other team that has a solid, you know, solid foundation in almost every position group. Yeah. Uh, they've got now after last year, they've got some confidence. Uh, the only thing is, can they handle the expectations? Can they actually put it together. Yep. And obviously, you know, if they stay injury free, that'd be a big help too. Uh, number two, I think I'm going to have to go with, even though you're probably going to not like it, <laughs> the green Bay Packers. <laughs> so, I don't know why, but I just like a lot of the pieces on this team. Uh, Jordan Love obviously has to show that he can play, but I just like, I don't know, I just like the pieces on the Packers team. I feel like they're solid in a lot of areas, a lot of good young talent. I feel like they've drafted pretty well the last couple of years. Uh, number three, I've got, and it's neck and neck, I've got the Vikings number three. I think they take a pretty big step back, but still finish close to 500. You got Justin Jefferson, you got... You know, Addison, you got Cousins. So I think they'll score a lot of points, but they're going to give up a lot of points too. So number four, I hate to say it, but your Bears in a close call with the Vikings, just a tad behind the Vikings. Just so much youth. You know, I just think they need one more year of seasoning, build that confidence. You know, Fields show that he can become a complete passer. You know, I think they're there. They're they're on the verge. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they ever took the Vikings, actually. Yeah. And with me, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we both like we've talked about this before. The Lions, uh, they just have all the pieces, and you know, the, the 
the division being one of the weaker ones in the NFL right now, uh, it, there's no reason why they can't take it. I mean, they they just they had they had a they started they finished last season on fire, and you know it, they really really seem to have come together. And mm-hmm. other than the running backs, they really didn't lose anything. As far as number two, I would actually go with Minnesota right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that you know even that proven quarterback. They got the best quarterback in the division, arguably, at this moment. Um, and, you know, you just look at his stats. He's been performing. Mm-hmm. It, it, But also at the same time, it's going to be how many points can they score because that defense is not going to stop anybody. Yeah, they're going to have to outscore a lot of teams. Uh, my number three team is actually my Bears. Oh, uh, all right. I think that uh, – I think they will take up a little bit more of a – for one, I mean – a lot of the games were close. If you really watched the Bears, a lot of the games were Yeah, they were not a you know typical three win team. And it just I think that they've made a lot of improvements on defense. They spent their money wisely. They didn't just blow it on one or two guys, they blew it on like ten. Mm-hmm. And well they had a lot of money to spend for sure. Yes, they did. And we still have a lot of money uh to spend for next year and Green Bay, I think it's just wishful thinking. I hope you're wrong <laughs> on that. But I mean I just, from what I saw last year and what happened last time, uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback left that squad mm-hmm. and went somewhere else. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, his first season there, I think they won five games. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, not Jordan The Hall Love. of Fame quarterback, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, he had an all-star cast. I mean, back then, this year, you know, they had a good defense when uh, Aaron Rodgers came on. They don't really seem to have that with Green Bay right now. And right now, with the way that things look as far as it goes, other than Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, and hopefully, you know, well, not hopefully, but A.J. Dillon has to recapture some of that magic he had his yeah, season. Yeah, I think they'll run the ball a lot this year. Yeah. Like they'll lean on the run game. I think they're going to. Yeah, those bottom three teams are so close. I just think they're just neck and neck. You know, it could be. Totally flip flopped. Other than the Lions, you know, with the other three teams. True. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Sizzling Sess Second Thoughts. <laughs> That's a lot of S's. That's a lot of S's. <laughs> All right, we're back, and uh, I hope y'all ready to curl up next to the fire. <laughs> Enjoy cozy. the warmth. It's so cozy in here. Ninety-five we're, degrees in a fire. That's right, because we're not just melting mush, uh, mushrooms, <laughs> marshmallows. We're melting ourselves, folks. Welcome to Seth's sizzling second thoughts. What you got today, bro? So last week I kind of focused on the most important SEC East transfers, so I had to wrap this up this week with the most important SEC West transfers. I mean, there are a ton of guys. The West, I feel like, really went all in on transfers this season. I mean, between Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, I mean, they just grabbed tons of guys. Uh, But I had to limit this to six guys like I did with the East. So the first guy, number six, Justin Rogers at Auburn, defensive tackle, coming over from Kentucky. First couple seasons, not too great. You know, a former five-star recruit. But last season, he really blossomed, had 33 tackles, which is pretty good for a defensive tackle. He's 6'3", 345. You know, so just a guy that can just really clog the middle. Uh, And he has SEC experience, the biggest thing for Auburn, who just is thin as it can be on the defensive line. Uh, Number five, Sam McCall, cornerback for Texas A&M. 
So they lost a big-time cornerback in the transfer portal, but they added one from Florida State. Former four-star four star guy that's had some solid playing time. Uh, I think he'll jump right in the rotation immediately, maybe even start uh, in this season. The Texas A&M, you know, I think they're a team we talked about kind of exceeding expectations this year after a, a rough season last year. But they need this guy to, to be a contributor. Uh, number, where am I at? Number four, Dylan Wade for Auburn. Auburn's getting mentioned a lot, but Wade, number one offensive tackle transfer on the portal, coming over from Western Kentucky. Auburn struggled all year offensive line last year, so they added about three guys, you know, through the transfer portal. All of them might start, but Dylan Wade, you know, he has the the pedigree. He's proven at a lower division school, but you know, I think he'll step in and be an immediate starter. Number three, Tresman Marshall coming over from Georgia to Alabama. Your team, yeah. so you got to be excited about that. Yeah, finally. So if you, you know if Alabama's taking a transfer like last year with the Gibbs, you know they're going to step in and be a contributor. They don't just take guys for the sake of taking them. So Marshall hasn't had a ton of you know playing time, but he's been a backup at Georgia. Alabama losing Henry Totoa after a couple of seasons. They need somebody to come in, in the middle and kind of take control of that position. I think you know if he played at Georgia, then he's got to have some talent. So I think that's a big pickup for Alabama. Number two, it's something kind of I took out of left field, but it's an important position for Arkansas. So I'm going with Andrew Armstrong, wide receiver. They lost just about every major contributor from last season, their top four pass catchers. So they brought in about three transfer transfers in the portal, all of them basically from lower level schools. Uh, this guy is 6'4", blazing speed. Uh, you know, they got to have somebody step up. At wide receiver. Obviously, they have a great running game, but they got to have somebody that can catch the ball, you know, a deep threat. So, uh, number one, I'm going with a guy, former five star recruit, Denver Harris, cornerback, transfer from Texas AM over to LSU. The Tigers, I mean, they've always been known for having those lockdown corners. Last year was kind of a, a blip. You know, they kind of struggled a little bit at that position, giving up some big plays. I think he's going to come over. He has good size at 6'1", blazing speed. He was the number two overall transfer prospect in the portal. He has, you know, just everything you need at corner, you know, be a lockdown corner. So I think LSU getting back, you know, to that kind of DB, you know, U yeah. pedigree, I think he'll uh, he'll be a, he'll have a big year. So that's you know that's my most important SEC West transfers. Yeah, and uh, you know, as far as Denver Harris goes, I mean, I, I, he's one of the of that whole list. I mean, he's the one I mostly know about the by far. I mean, he was the number two recruit as far as cornerbacks go, only behind, of course, the superstar that was Jackson State, now Colorado, Travis Hunter. And I mean, I, I know about the guy. Uh, you know, and like you said, I mean, when I was reading up on everything you were talking about, Auburn, I think, actually just took over the number one portal spot over away from Colorado. Yeah, I mean, they just went heavy, heavy. They had to because they were so thin. I mean, Freeze came in, didn't have a great, you know, much time to put together much of a recruiting class. So they went all in on the transfer portal. And, you know, teams have proven, like Florida State, if you add key pieces to the transfer portal, you can get back quicker than you know, then you think you can. Yeah. And I mean, Hugh Freeze, I, I don't know the name of the guy off the top of my head, but he's the, I guess the quarterback for Auburn this year. And I was looking up the stats. Let me go ahead and take a quick look again, real quick. Say that again. 
Robbie Ashford. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he, uh, you know, he led the team last year in rushing and passing. Uh, basically, he was running for his life. Yeah. And, you know, another team that I was actually kind of surprised I didn't hear anyone on there is the fact that, you know, it feels like all the quarterbacks went to Ole Miss. Oh, man. Be against Dart. Yeah. I, I mean, they're still saying the guy from last year is probably going to be the likely starter. So, I mean, you got to go through summer camp or, you know, August practice, but they mm-hmm. added two big time recruits, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State, and then I think Howard from LSU, I believe. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've thought about putting one of those guys, but it doesn't even look like they're the front runner to start at Ole Miss. So, I, you know, held off on that. Well, I like the fact that you also include linemen. A lot of people don't really look at the linemen. They only look at the specialty players. And, I mean, they have more of an impact than most people really consider. I mean, if you do not have a good offensive line, you're not going to be able to run the ball. You're not going to be able to throw the ball. I mean, we talked about the Bears. I mean, proof right there. And as far as defense goes, you know, defensive linemen, guy like you were talking about, monster. I mean, Mel. yeah. I mean, Rodgers, I mean, I don't know what happened at Kentucky. It was there three years, and I don't know if he just wanted to change the scenery or what. Maybe they just slipped in a big NIL deal for him. But the guy last year really took a step up, and his former five-star recruit, you know, I've heard a lot about him over the years. I think Tennessee recruited him, but uh, that had to hurt Kentucky losing a guy like that going into his senior year. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that pretty much does about – Everything that we we're going to talk about, but I did say that I was going to mention one thing. And folks, I don't know if y'all ever watched it, but in the early two thousands, uh, there's there was this game called Slam Ball, and uh, Patrick, who one day, when he really wants to, he will come over here and be on the show. Uh, just mentioned that I guess as a joke, but uh, for those who don't know what Slam Ball is, basically it was inspired by NFL Blitz and NBA Jams. If you're into video games, they took those elements, so it's full contact basketball involving trampolines, so they can do the whole NBA Jams thing, and it's just it's something to behold. You could probably you could find it on YouTube. Just look up Slam Ball. You'll see how these guys play and everything. I've got to go look this up. It's it's unreal. Uh, but I remember watching it when I was younger. I, uh, it was when I was working night shifts. So I was up in the middle of the night, and it was like on ESPN, the Ocho. And uh, it was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, it left, went over to China, and is now back. They're redoing it again. It's going to be on ESPN again. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much it as far as that goes. That's all I could tell you about well, Slam I'm Ball. going home immediately and watching clips on youtube the last thing i was going to mention i think we talked about earlier uh so jalen brown with the enormous contract i was just looking just to some comparisons so at 300 and i believe roughly about 305 million uh, dollars for the next five years compare that to kobe bryant his entire career he made 328 million which isn't that long ago you know we're not talking about the 80s or anything uh, Dwayne Wade not even eclipsing two hundred million for his career, and that's actually kind of crazy. I would have thought that Dwayne Wade would be like closer to. I believe it was in the one nineties, and then of course the greatest player ever, Michael Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously he had his deals from Nike and other endorsements, but didn't even make over a hundred million as far as his NBA earnings. So just the money that I just can't wrap my head around it. I mean, congrats to Jalen Brown. I definitely don't have no any. Hate. You know, if the guy can get that money, then you got to take it. But 
he's under some enormous pressure to produce the next five years for sure. Uh, it's all good. He has Jason Tatum to pass the ball to every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the actual best player on the team. The actual number one player. Right. But congratulations on getting the most expensive contract ever signed yeah. as the number two player oh. on your team. Unbelievable. That agent can retire now. Yes. <laughs> all right. That'll pretty much do it for us tonight. We'll catch y'all back next Thursday. And uh, we'll be discussing another one of the divisions in the NFL, probably the NFC West. Ooh, so West. Good division. Yep. So Sounds good, man. All right. We'll yell at you later. Have a good night. <laughs>